Okay, so mates, we have made it to yet another Wednesday. Thank you in advance for joining the conversation. Welcome to Fox Show's Black Report. We're following the latest on a black couple who had $40,000 seized from the FBI, and they say they're not sure why. Plus, the newest updates surrounding Jonathan Major accusations. I'm Courtney Hicks, and we got this soul brother number one <laughs> rotation just, just going out on. Here. Glad to have you uh, here. Good. We got some good headlines here. Look, I'm Brandon Hudson in for Nicole Corte, plus the tight deadline, Martha Reed is under yeah. to secure her legacy and the school who has finally hired their first black president. These are stories that impact our people. That's right. We're going to bring you our news, our views and our voice. So let's get into Brandon, our top conversation uh, for the day. All eyes on Vice President Harris as she is brought to tears during her emotional visit to Africa. Uh, the VP reflected on the horrors of slavery and uh, how we need to learn from history in an emotional remark uh, after touring an old slave trading post on the coast of Ghana as part of her week-long visit to the continent. Take a listen. So being here was was immensely powerful and moving. When we think about how human beings were treated by the hundreds of thousands in this very place that we now stand. The crimes that happened here, the blood that was shed here, there are dungeons here where human beings were kept, men, women, and children, they were kidnapped from their homes. They were transported hundreds of miles from their homes, not really sure where they were headed. And they came to this place of horror. Harris said she would take from her visit the need to fight for justice and freedom for all people and human rights for all people. And Brandon, I, I haven't been there yet. It's definitely on my, my, my list. Same. But I know people who've gone to Ghana, who've gone to that particular lo location, and they said it is just very emotionally overwhelming to tra trace the steps and to stand in the place where our ancestors stood. Uh, what's stunning about that image mm -hmm. of the vice president is she's still well put together. Yeah. As always, mm -hmm. but you can tell that she has gone through an emotional mm -hmm. and spiritual journey right. uh, just in that image there. And then you hear the words that she has spoken. I hope that when she gets back here to the States, that a lot of the, the work that she has done in research mm -hmm. and, and, and journey that she has done over in Africa mm -hmm. uh, can lead to a platform here. Yeah. Because one of the things that I've heard a lot of critics and a lot of people just in conversation mm -hmm. talk about, mm -hmm. they haven't really heard a lot from the vice president. She was very outspoken uh, during her campaign, during her time with Joe Biden, but since she has been elected into office, we haven't heard a lot from her. Yeah. So I hope that this will be a catalyst mm -hmm. for her to start um, 
a platform or, 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 or of her own, something to claim of her own. Of yes, her own. Yes. Yeah, I, you know, usually these visits for most people that I've talked to are very transformative mm -hmm. and uh, you can't help but to be changed uh, by just being in that atmosphere and soaking in all of that history, all of the emotion all, on a much, you know, lighter, lighter side yeah. from my uh, sister uh, soulmates. Uh, you can't get away from the heat. I've never yeah. seen her. <laughs> I've never seen her hair curly like that. But, you know, that just, you know, shows that, you know, that just the impact of, of visiting a place uh, like the motherland and all the emotion uh, that it can bring. It really just breaks you down in so many ways. And it's just like a, they tell you, come as you are yeah. and, and come come get some of this. And, and I'm excited that the VP is, is, is picking up on it and getting some is going to bring it back. A very humanizing moment. That's there. right. All That's right. So right. look, uh, back here in the U.S., Congresswoman Cori Bush announced the formation of a new caucus focused on the Equal Rights Amendment, which would guarantee equality under the law, regardless of gender. Now, representatives Judy Chu, Jennifer McKellen, Sydney Kamlager Dove, and Summer Lee will serve as vice chairs. Uh, Bush emphasized the importance of centering marginalized groups in the fight for gender equality and acknowledged the work of black women in this fight. The era was first introduced in Congress 100 years ago, and despite being ratified by the required 38 states, it has yet to become the 28th Amendment due to a congressional deadline. Yeah, and so, you know, I was doing my, my history on this because this was a, a new one for me. Uh, turns out the reason it's been uh, delayed for like 50 years is because at the time they required 38 more states mm -hmm. to ratify this particular uh, push, the ERA, and uh, to make it the 28th Amendment. It must have missed a deadline back in 1982. So now you have the efforts where and they're bringing so this, right, yeah. and that, that where they're bringing this back up. And of course, it's all grounded and anchored in gender equality that will affect all of us, in particular, um, people of, of color. And so it's, it's a very poor, important piece of legislation. How it got lost in the sauce, I like to say that a yeah. lot. I'm not so sure, but I'm glad it's coming back around, especially uh, with the times that we're living in at this moment. This is another example of minority women, women of That's color, right. getting things done. Mm -hmm. uh, getting things done Saving for the, the world, of, <laughs> like we for always the do. Of our country. And, 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 and we appreciate you women. That's right. um, but yeah, this is hopefully something that can mm -hmm. uh, succeed and, and, and continue and you know go for the yeah. you know, improvement of our country. Mm -hmm. We'll see, yeah. we'll see, we'll keep our eye on it. All right, survivors of a racist massacre that killed nine black worshipers at a Charleston church back in 2015 spoke at a hearing in Columbia, South Carolina. This happened on Tuesday. The survivors urged state senators to pass a hate crimes law, citing South Carolina's lack of legal enhancement of bias-based crimes, which they said sends a message that the state isn't serious about stopping uh, this kind of wickedness that led to the massacre. South Carolina and Wyoming are the only U.S. cities, uh, U.S. excuse me, U.S. states uh, without a law giving stiffer penalties for crimes motivated by someone's race, sexual orientation, religion, or disability. The 2023 bill passed a Senate subcommittee on Tuesday and will go to the uh, Senate floor, Brandon. We need South well. Carolina and Wyoming to catch up. Mm -hmm. Catch up with history here. Um, and, and that's the thing.
saying South Carolina, well, Wyoming, mm -hmm. it, it is not surprising because mm -hmm. I, I looked this up, the population, black population, percentage population. Minuscule. 1.2%. Yeah. Uh, and that is from the 2020 census. So that's just three years ago. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, South Carolina, a, a quarter of its population, more yeah. than a quarter of its population is black or African American. Mm -hmm. And so uh, when you see that and then you know about Charleston being in South Carolina. That's right. Um, and all that rich history. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and so we've taken the statues down and that's all well and good. Mm -hmm. But we need crimes that will protect yeah. our people of color. Yeah, I was there not too long after that massacre, visited Mother Emanuel. The flowers were still fresh. Mm -hmm. uh, much like uh, the emotion that uh, VP Kamala Harris just displayed, it, it, it really took you in, it took you under. I just saw people sitting by themselves, meditating. Really people from, from all walks of life at that point had really began to continue to gather in Charleston and really uh, help that community try to heal. Um, but just sitting in that, in that energy, sitting in that moment, uh, it was heavy, it yeah. was heavy. So I'm hoping that as survivors, uh, the message was very clear and that these legislators uh, will go about not only um, meeting the needs of the survivors, but honoring the legacy of those who did not make it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So here's another headline from the South. Here. Mm -hmm. uh, these, the, in Florida, the association to preserve the Eatonville community is suing the Orange County School Board to halt the sale of a 100 acre property where the Robert Hungerford Preparatory High School stood. Now the sale, which is worth $14.6 has been proposed to build 350 new homes and business spaces in a central part of Orlando. Eatonville is one of the first historically black towns in the U.S., and the lawsuit argues that the sale threatens the cultural heritage of the town. The town's association, along with other residents, are concerned that the sale will increase traffic and lead to the displacement of longtime residents. And this is what happens mm -hmm. when you have uh, a lot of our uh, historic mm -hmm. properties that's right. go up for sale is that somebody's getting squeezed out. And that's the unfortunate side of it. Um, so there has to be some sort of way, because this isn't just a Florida issue. This mm -hmm. is a issue all across the country where they have to find a way to not squeeze our oldest Mm -hmm. residents out of their properties that they've mm -hmm. pre probably pretty much lived in for the rest of yeah. most of their lives. And on the other side of that, it's it's just there's times when this land has been flat out stolen mm -hmm. and that black folks want to want it back and they want to claim it back. Uh, and if you're not going to give it to us back, you yeah. don't have to pay us uh, for it, especially now that there's proof, uh, you know, that this land uh, was stolen. I've got a brother down in Orlando. I've been down there a few times for some uh, sorority regional uh, conferences and boulets and things of that nature. And I did not know how black or Orlando and that area is, yeah. I mean, the county, the city, it is black. It, and it when is, you think Orlando, you, you just don't go there. I don't you know think if it's Disney the Disney World. thing or you something. Think Disney right. World, maybe Daytona Beach. Yeah. Uh, and, but, and it's an international black community because yes. you got, you know, African Americans, but you have, you know, your Islanders uh, and, that, and Africans there. The and temperature it is, is a still rich, somewhat rich, similar. Yeah. yeah, it's a rich, rich, uh, uh, colorful uh, thing going on yeah. down there, society yeah. going on, culture going on down there. And we have to make sure that those, culture, those cultures don't get erased because you see the head lines that come out of Florida now. Preserve, right. Yep. Yeah, Florida's, Florida's catching it. All right, let's move on to Illinois, where Congressman Bobby Rush is expected to endorse mayor candidate Paul Vallis on Tuesday. And that's according to Vallis's campaign. Rush plans to offer his support during an anti-violence march on Chicago's South Side. Vallis is currently in a very close race with Cook County Commissioner Brandon Johnson for the mayor's seat, uh, with both candidates seeking support from black voters who will play a key role in the election. 
Alice is backed by the Chicago Fraternal Order of Police, while Johnson has received endorsements from national figures, including Senators uh, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, along with the Reverend Jesse Jackson. I lived and worked in Chicago for mm -hmm. years. Paul Dallas, white guy, obviously, yep. you see here, very well liked by a lot of black folks. They really uh, liked his time as the head, the CEO of the Chicago uh, Public Schools. He was uh, very likable. He was out in the community. You knew who he was, so he's definitely no stranger uh, to Chicago. No surprise that he's put his bid in. Uh, Bobby Rush, that endorsement, a bit of a surprise. He's, you know, very militant. He does not hold his tongue, uh, but, you know, maybe in this case he feels as though Vallis is the more um, qualified uh, guy in this race. But this is going to be tight uh, no matter where you side. But mm -hmm. what is very clear is that the Chicagoans, uh, you know, were, were not satisfied and wanted to change from Lori Lightfoot. Let me ask you this, because you have spent time there. Yeah. Um, and there's a documentary that's called City So Real mm -hmm. that documented mm -hmm. the rise of Lori Lightfoot. Yep. So if, if you have Hulu, the National Geographic you channel, check, it out. check that out, because mm -hmm. it is it is a great docuseries. Yeah. Uh, but with Paul Vallis, and I think he was profiled in that, that uh, docuseries mm -hmm. there. Uh, it, and this seems like very similar to when Joe Biden ran mm -hmm. and the people in South Carolina. I think it was Jim Clyburn That's right. uh, was the first person to speak it. up. And then you had a lot of older black voters who came side with somebody with Biden because they were familiar with him. Mm -hmm. Is this very similar situation here I, in Chicago you know, where I the older so. black voters, if they know you, they're more likely to support yeah. you? Bobby Rush has been around for years on top of years. Yeah. He's from that old regale. Um, and he is very well trusted uh, throughout in and throughout that Chicago community. And I just by, you know, just by him saying, yeah, I'm, I'm down with Dallas. I think that's going to push a lot of people maybe to the other side. Mm -hmm. However, you might have some Chicagoans that say, hey, you know, this is a good brother here, and this is the kind of representation I want in, in, in the, on, you know, in the mayor's office, and so I'm going to stick here. Like I said, it's going to be a tight, tight race. Yeah. Um, I'm more familiar with Vallis than I am uh, the other uh, candidate. Um, however, that's a tough decision yeah. because you, you just want the best for Chicago, the third largest city in our country. Uh, and uh, it's, it's going to be an interesting race to follow. Old guard versus new guard. That's yeah, right. It's always right. that. That's right. All right. So look, actress Nisi Nash, she expressed her deep emotions about the mass shooting that occurred at that school in Nashville. Now, in a TikTok video, she spoke about the tragedy, mm -hmm. how she lost her own brother to a school shooting in 1993. I want you to take, the, take a look at this. In 1993. My only brother was killed on his high school campus because somebody brought a gun to school. It's 2023. Miss babies who, who would never make it home to see their parents. And those parents will forever be in a space and a place where they are like, what was the last thing I said? What was the last lunch I made? What was, what was their last thought, experience? Did they call out for me? Very uh, mm, emotional heavy. message, and we appreciate the perspective by Nisi Nash. Mm. So the Nashville shooting uh, resulted in the deaths of three children and three adults, and she really put into words what a lot of families feel after mm -hmm. this. And I know a lot of time we talk about the, the, the number of people who died, uh, how their ages, who they were, um, but we never really, and then we talk about gun reform, 
but we never really talk about the emotional trauma that these families go through after suffering yeah. a loss like this. And for Nisi, this was 30 years ago mm -hmm. that she lost her brother. And, and mm -hmm. this was well before, you know, the Columbines and the Virginia Techs. This yeah. was 1993. Mm -hmm. uh, and she is still traumatized yeah. to, a, to a degree after seeing every mm -hmm. single school shooting that has happened, and it happens here, feels like yeah. once a month. Yeah, and, and it's still triggered, and I went on to read that her mother uh, is still very much involved in, this high school was in the California, uh, maybe metro LA area, mm -hmm. um, and uh, her mother is still involved in an organization called Mavis. It's Mothers Against Violence in Schools, and this was formed 30 some odd years ago. I mean, we're talking about, you know, 93, yeah. and so so these type of efforts and this heartbreak uh, has been uh, long withstanding, um, which should you know feed even more into why these laws need to be passed yeah. to protect you know our babies. And with this Nashville shooting, you had the uh, janitor who was um, uh, killed, a middle-aged black man with all kinds of kids and grandkids. They've raised uh, like over three hundred and fifty thousand dollars to to help his family. And then the weirdest thing, the, the actually the perpetrator, um, uh, I.G. Uh, messaged a, a former a classmate who happens to be black as well right before she went into that school uh, and wreaked havoc on, on on that school so just some very interesting stories that are falling out of this of this main headline that affect our, our community in particular and uh, again I'm, I'm tired of saying that it's heartbreaking yeah. it is it is uh, but it's just like okay enough of the emoji praying hands and the RIPs uh, we need to really press in and pass this legislation that's going to better protect us this girl uh, uh, or I think she's transgender so he yeah. um, you know purchased these high assault rifles and weapons legally mm -hmm. legally and that's the issue there a lot of this stuff is happening uh, legally mm -hmm. and then they're going and committing some horrific crimes that's right that's right. We're going to move on here. Former current NBA players including Drew Holiday of the Milwaukee Bucks were reportedly defrauded out of $13 million, mm. Brandon, by former financial advisor Daryl Cohen, who was charged with conspiracy to commit wire fraud and investments. A lot of uh, coin. The, yeah, it is. Yeah. Now, Cohen was accused of transferring money from the accounts of several NBA uh, clients to pay off his own credit card debt and fund personal projects, including building sports facilities in his backyard. Charles Briscoe, a former NBA agent, and two others were also charged. The defendants could face up to 40 years in prison. Morgan Stanley, where Cohen once worked, said it was prepared to cooperate with the investigation. I know you're a big NBA fan, mm -hmm. so you're familiar with these guys, as am I. It's, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, it, it happens all the time. Yep. We, we just heard of... Doesn't uh, matter who you are. I know. Doesn't matter who you are. You can be a multimillionaire yeah. NBA basketball player. You can have all the people around you. Yeah. But yeah, we can talk about that after the yeah, break. Yeah, he but just hey, lost look. a lot of millions as well. Uh, well, speaking of somebody who is a multimillionaire, maybe a billionaire, he's 56. Mm -hmm. And this dude is continuing <laughs> to make some major moves. He's well on his way to be a billionaire. We'll tell you about the newest deal he has in the works for charity. You're watching Fox Soul's Black Report.
welcome you back to Fox Soul's Black Report. So there have been some claims made against L'Oreal alleging that their hair relaxers contain toxic chemicals that increase the risk of certain types of cancer. So victims who have developed uterine, endometrial, or ovarian cancer are using, after using Dark and Lovely, Just For Me, or Cantu Shea Butter Relaxers, may be entitled to some sort of compensation. Yeah, so there's a law firm that is investigating these claims and are offering free case evaluations. You can call 713-622-7271 or email um, reicabinestock.com to learn more. So it's it, we've been talking about this uh, for a while mm -hmm. um, and you know it's, it's starting to come full circle to whereas if you have been affected or you feel you've been affected by the use of these products because it affects us uh, soulmates the most uh, black women in particular uh, now you can seek compensation much along the lines of I don't remember you know talcum powder and and things like that those feminine products that you know later on went to cause some issues as well uh, so it's it's a it's good that uh, if you feel like you are a victim uh, of this uh, these products you can go somewhere and be compensated uh, and uh, really for me allow your voice to be heard and the suffering that has taken place in hopes that these makers will take better care as to you know what they put on the shelves because we trust them that these products are okay I know we have to be vigilant with our with our well-being right. but in all in all you pick up you know some hair products you want to trust that it's gonna do what it's supposed to do and not cause any bodily harm because it's sold on the store it. shelf right like exactly. you you think the, the where the places where you can get it you would be able to trust it mm -hmm. but uh that's unfortunately not the case yeah i think uh and, and i'm glad to see that there are more uh products mm -hmm. meant for our soulmates mm -hmm. to uh to uh to use yeah. but still we need to uh start changing the uh the, the yeah. standard, we need to shift the standard of beauty where we don't have to necessarily rely on these products because they're killing our women. Well, what this has sparked is, you know, we're going back to our kitchens and mm -hmm. formulating our own recipes for our hair. All you gotta do is, you know, either call up an old mom, yep. an old granny, uh, an old auntie, or, you know, Google, you know, and, and YouTube. Plenty of natural uh, ways that you can create your own shampoos and conditioners and right. things of that nature, especially with the push with the natural if hair. If we'd only told those grandmas and aunties how to sell that stuff. <laughs> no. We'd, we'd be in a better, be be better shape. We'd be in a <laughs> okay. better shape, we're better shape. Right. All right, so let's talk about a uh, two California residents, Linda and Reggie Martin, who were seeking answers from the FBI after their $40,000 savings were taken during a raid of the Beverly Hills branch of uh, U.S. private vaults in March of 2021. The FBI seized more than $86 million in cash, jewelry, and gold from 1,400 safe deposit boxes affecting hundreds of people who were not suspected of any crimes. Now, according to the Institute for Justice, which is representing the Martins, the FBI acted on its plan to search and forfeit the contents of any box worth more than $5,000. Linda Martin is now suing the FBI for violating the Fifth Amendment, which requires the government to provide specific factual and legal re reasons for forfeiture. What? I'd be this so a, hot. This, you know, is a, this is an insane story. It is insane. I'd be so hot. Yeah. No, I, look, and, and times are tough. Like, yeah. those rainy day savings, mm -hmm. you need those now mm -hmm. more than ever. Yeah. And, and hopefully they're able to, you know, rectify this situation mm -hmm. for Linda and Reggie, mm -hmm. uh, Mr. and Mrs. Martin. But 
they're probably going to drag their feet. I would love to know, and I know that the story tried to explain a little bit, but how do you just go and get to seize people's property, right. you know, based upon some value amount when there's no record of criminal activity? I mean, this is obviously, when you, when you do a vault, that means you have something very precious that you want set aside and left alone yeah. for another time. You know, and for somebody block. to go in and violate that. Yeah. Man, I'd be so doggone hot. Uh, sorry to cut you off there. No, but you know, last fine. block, we had talked about uh, having our people have their land stolen. Mm-hmm. This is a modern day version of that right here. Property, land, mm -hmm. I mean, jewelry, cash. And I wonder, you know, if, 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 they're, if they're the lone stars in this one or are those other folks who were, you know, violated as well are joining them in on this lawsuit. I hope that it's a crew of them coming at these, this government for, for seizing their property. That's crazy. We'll see. Yeah. All right, let's go to uh, Philadelphia, where the 76ers have, are they doing the good this year? The, yeah, oh, I mean, they're, they're in line decent. to make the playoffs. That's yeah, what yeah, I thought, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have chosen local artisan foods as the third recipient of its annual buyback program, which supports black-owned businesses. We love that. Local artisan foods specializes in, oh, French toast products. I heard there was French <laughs> toast here this morning. Yeah. <laughs> and will receive a custom marketing plan, free advertising, and other opportunities as part of the partnership. Uh, owner Sharice Miguel expressed excitement for the resources provided by the program, which will help her grow her business and provide employment opportunities in underserved communities. The buyback program is a part of the 76ers commitment to racial equal uh, equity and uh, promoting local small businesses in the Philly area. Love to hear it. Yeah, I, I was there when they first started this program. Mm -hmm. it, it is a great investment, and this is why you know people love teams mm -hmm. like the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, like the Philadelphia 76ers mm -hmm. is because they have people on their team who speak up for the yep. black communities and mm -hmm. say, hey, look, these are people who support us too. We are in a majority black city. Let's give back to a lot of these businesses, local black owners mm -hmm. uh, who support us as yeah. well. Um, they, they were, they were uh, I think they partnered with another mm -hmm. um, another uh, business called Down North Pizza. Oh, wow. So they have De Detroit-style pizza, but mm -hmm. it's sold in Philadelphia, and it's a second-chance employer. So mm -hmm. they employ people who have spent time who have been incarcerated. Yeah. And uh, they were profiled by the 76ers, mm -hmm. and uh, it did wonders mm -hmm. for that business. So it's it's, gr it's great to see that even after, you know, the events of George Floyd, mm -hmm. and we've, you know, seen other companies kind of dial mm -hmm. it back a little bit, mm -hmm. that uh, the 76ers, yeah. they're an organization who is continuing to go all in yeah. on helping out the black community. Well, first of all, you can only get Detroit-style <laughs> pizza the best in Detroit. <laughs> and second of all, listen, it's us running it up and down these courts in this field. Yes. So, you know, what they do as far as community involvement and outreach needs to reflect, you know, the very people that work for the organization. Agreed. And I'm talking about the players. And so it, it just makes sense. And big ups to uh, the 76ers. You mentioned the Eagles as well. And I'm sure there are other uh, professional uh, teams uh, who do the same or, you know, should, you know, get off the pot and start doing Just the start same. doing it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Right. No time like the present. That's right. All right. So Robert 50 Cent, he has teamed up with the Indiana Pacers, another NBA team, for a multi-year deal with his nonprofit organization, the G-Unity Foundation. Okay. As a part of the partnership, Pacers Sports and Entertainment CEO Rick Fusion uh, said that they will offer new experiences to their guests and the wider community. The foundation will also be highlighted 
during the 2024 NBA All-Star Game. Now, in addition, 50 Cent has been working to get his brand, Sire Spirits, into all 30 NBA arenas. Mm -hmm. Fans of the Sacramento Kings, Houston Rockets, and Minnesota Timberwolves can now enjoy some Sire Spirits. And the rapper is excited to be partnering with the Timberwolves. Okay, partnerships. I guess that's another route that yes. you can take, partnering with, you know, well-known, established uh, not I mean, 50's not just an entertainer anymore. He's a right. mogul. What a time to be point. alive because know, right? 20 years ago, this dude was hanging upside down, <laughs> telling people to go, you, you know, be in the club, celebrate your birthday. And now yeah. he probably yeah, owns the club plus many other clubs. I know. Um, I know. So no, this is a great thing to see. And he's doing it in markets where there aren't, uh, there isn't a large black population mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. So he's introducing people who, probably aren't of color mm -hmm. to someone who is of color and mm -hmm. is is making moves and I think this is another way this isn't how you're gonna you're not gonna end racism this way mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you can you know uh, break through implicit bias That's right. by showing people that hey look 50 cent he's not just a rapper anymore yeah. you may remember him 20 years mm -hmm. ago as that but now he is a businessman in the same vein that you see a lot of other businessmen yeah. here in America yeah and listen he he um, has transcended I mm -hmm. mean he's like a pop star if you ask he me is. so I think you know other other folks uh, know who he is and are very familiar you know with with his path and his journey and I was just telling uh, some folks this uh, you know, meeting him uh, in the middle of his career. He was 50 cent by then. Yeah. Um, you know, what you see was not what I got when I met him. He was very kind, very polite, and he was wearing the best cologne ever. So so <laughs> I know sometimes he might come off as a bit of a jerk when he yeah. goes back and forth on social media. But when you peel that back, uh, really a nice guy. And the business sense, you got to give it up to him. He has, he has made some great moves in his career. I'm glad you said that because it shows that nice guys do finish yeah. first. He might not seem like a nice guy right. all the time, but I think he. That's really his persona. Is. Yeah. That's his. He's got to. He's got to keep that rep in the streets. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. pretty cool though. All right. Still ahead, the University of Texas at Austin is making a major move to honor Black culture. Yeah, we'll tell you uh, about the new exhibit that's set to open for to honor all contributions to their institution. You're watching Fox News Black Report. We'll be right back. Welcome back, Soulmates. We appreciate you joining the conversation today. The Center on Wrongful Convictions and Northeastern University School of Law's Civil Rights and Restorative Justice Project in Boston have filed a petition for executive clemency for Joe James. Yeah, so James is a black man who was beaten and arrested for murder of a white man in Springfield, Illinois in 1908 after being found asleep under a tree. Now, a white mob seeking vengeance for the crime James was accused of uh, committing took out its hate and anger on other black people in the state capitol, which turned it into a race riot. At mm -hmm. least two other black men were lynched weeks before an all-white jury found James guilty. The center is set to go before the review board uh, from next month. Appreciate these efforts, but Brandon, I'll bet you $5. There are hundreds upon hundreds mm. upon hundreds 
untold stories yep. uh, like this. There was just no way back in those days, Jim Crow days, you were going to get justice. Um, so it's good to see that on the back end, uh, it do doesn't make it any more hurtful and doesn't really right the wrong, but it's good to see on the back end that now there is some, um, not only acknowledgement, but some sort of kind of policy going forth to um, at least give some sort of justification hundreds of years later. And, and the fact that it's 1908 and then you forward that to 2023, and we're basically still reporting the same type of stories. Those that don't know the history are doomed to repeat it. That's right. And you know, we're not hearing this in our uh, our books, or they're trying to take it out of mm -hmm, our books. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. why not have uh, opportunities like this to learn about this kind of history? That's right. Yeah. All right, let's go to Evanston, Illinois. Uh, their city council has voted in favor of expanding its reparations program to repair housing discrimination with a cash option. Now, the meeting lasted three hours, and it took the council three seconds to approve the cash option. Now, the program includes direct cash benefits for those who qualify. Evanston came, uh, became the first city in the United States to pass a reparations resolution uh, in 2019 for black residents who qualified. So far, the city has only uh, spent just under $330,000 of the 10 million promised. They got a little ways to go, Brandon. Yeah, they do. Uh, <laughs> they better make show me the money. They better make it quick. That's uh, right. You know, like I said, these, these. Uh, ideas mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. or, or projects or whatever you want to call them, they're yeah. great on paper, mm -hmm. but the execution has to be there. I've always said that. And I always feel like it's one of those situations where people, they write down the idea like, oh, this is a great idea. Mm -hmm. And then they think of maybe the first couple steps and then you get deeper and deeper into it. Yeah. And it just falls by the wayside. Yeah. Reparations, yes, absolutely. I think the task is how you go about it and making sure it's leveled that everybody who's supposed to benefit benefits from it equally. I mean, I mean, you're a black man, I'm a black woman. Do yeah. you get, you know, five million and I only get 3.2 million? I mean, how are you gonna factor and figure all of that out? And with these states individually going about and cities and municipalities trying to go about, you know, reparations in very different ways, I'm just hoping folks won't get lost in that. And, and those who deserve the reparations and should have the reparations don't miss out on that. So that's my that's my only concern. But reparations, absolutely, uh, a cash payout mm -hmm. is you know what you immediately go to. But are there any other ways that we can feel uh, reparations? Maybe wipe out you know student loans for African Americans. I, I I don't know. I just want it to be spread evenly and everybody get their just due once something is decided. But I think there needs to be more uniform. It needs to be more uniformity. Cash is good. Opportunity is also good yeah, too. Just yeah, an opportunity to build generational wealth. Absolutely. All right, so the University of Texas at Austin is paying tribute to the school's first black students with a temporary exhibit to honor those students who enrolled in the 1950s. It is titled Precursors. We are Texas East Mall. The display tells us that the story of UT's first black undergraduate students created by the contextualization and commemoration initiative the curation displays 118 wooden posts. Each one shares a name and photo with a QR code that goes to the initiative's website. Now, the display is open to the public. Executive Vice President and Provost Sharon Wood said that the purpose of the exhibit being open to the public is to boost community mm. morale. And, and I'm a big fan of this. Mm -hmm. I hope it's not temporary, and I hope that they find a way to make this uh, permanent at UT. Uh, I was at Florida State when they built 
um, three statues uh, to the first black athlete at Florida State, oh, wow. to the first black student at Florida State, and the first black uh, homecoming queen. Mm. Um, and it was at the time, you know, this was not really a time where we talked too much about race, but it was a great thing to see. Mm -hmm. I, and I mean that compared to how we talk about race now. Mm -hmm. But uh, it was a great thing to see. And looking back at that, it, it is hard to believe that you have a lot of PWIs, predominantly white institutions, that are just now coming around to, hey, let's find a way to mm -hmm. uh, honor our, our, our right. black students who right. were the first ones to pave the way. Yeah, and I'm, I'm a history buff. I love to see those nostalgic pictures. Uh, you know, sometimes, you know, they, they are happy and they are in great atmospheres and they portray just, just wonderful times. I think my favorite era is probably the Harlem Renaissance and then probably you jump up to the 70s. And yeah. even though I know, you know, those photos are undermined with a struggle. Um, we still had some great, bright, wonderful moments. And to be able to capture that alongside the struggle, I think is great because we need to see, we need to see the balance. We, we know what we were challenged with and what we're still challenged yeah. with as black people. But there were very wonderful moments throughout our history as we continue to, to fight for our, for justice and, and equal rights. And I think that's important as well. And to think this was the 1950s, <laughs> less than a hundred years ago, Listen. there are people, these are people who they were born and they're now in their 70s. Yes. And so there it is not that parents. long ago. That's right. It That's is not right. that long ago. That's right. It never is for no. black folks. You can reach back one, two generations and you're right there. Right. Or even a half you're, generation That's right. At this point. You're right there. All right. Today, there you go. For Women's Her Story Month, we celebrate author Terry McMillan, one of my favorites. She is a novelist who centers uh, here writings around the experiences of black women. All right, so she is the number one New York Times uh, bestselling author of Waiting to Exhale, uh, How Stella Got Her Groove Back, Disappearing Acts, A Day Late and a Dollar Short, and The Interruption of Everything, and the editor of Breaking Ice, an anthology of contemporary African-American fiction. Yeah, two of her books became blockbuster movies, which include Waiting to Excel and How Stella Got Her Groove Back, both starring Angela Bassett. McMillan was born in Port Huron, Michigan, right up the way here, out east. Uh, she received a BA in journalism from the University of California, Berkeley, and currently resides in LA. Congrats to her. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you talk about uh, Shonda Rhimes mm -hmm. and all the things that she has done, for media and, and black women who are, you know, writing. Mm -hmm. um, you go back to Terry yeah. McMillan. And I remember, you know, Waiting to Exhale, mm -hmm. how Stella got her groove back, mm -hmm. and how um, groundbreaking mm -hmm. those movies were, mm -hmm. considering that she was, you know, an African-American woman yeah. who was writing these, and they were mainstream. Isn't that amazing how you can go back, how you got Terry McMillan, and she could probably go back to Toni Morrison, Toni Morrison back to Zora Neale yes. uh, Hurston. So, I mean, just generationally, the, the the beauty that has come from their works. Now, everybody talks about how Stella got a groove back in Waiting to Excel. We did mention Disappearing Acts, one of my faves, because mm -hmm. I remember it came out my senior year in high school, 89. The book was amazing, and then Sanaa Lathan and Wesley Snipes uh, did the movie, which was uh, pretty good as well. So, uh, Terry, really, like you alluded to, kind of set this 
thing on fire and we just want to give her her flowers uh, today inside of our, her history month yes. before we wrap it up. Can you believe we're almost through March? I can't believe it. These days. I just hope there's warm weather behind it. So. I know. On we want some spring it. temperatures. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, indeed. All right. Up next, the latest in uh, man, Jonathan Major's assault scandal. It's getting crazier is, and crazier, Brandon. This one kind of hurts. So it look, does. we'll have more on the charges that have now been brought against this actor. You're watching Fox Hills Black Report. Soulmates, we'll be right back. Stay close. All right, Soulmates, welcome back to Fox Souls Black Report. Uh, let's get into rising Hollywood star, Jonathan Majors. He has been charged with assault and aggravated harassment of a woman, uh, aggravated harassment, excuse me, after a woman accused him of hitting her during a domestic dispute. Now, the woman alleges that Majors hit her in the face with an open hand, put his hands on her neck, causing bruising, and grabbed her hand, causing swelling and bruising. Majors' defense lawyer says that he is innocent and expects that the charges uh, will be dropped after evidence is released. Uh, you might know by now the Army has removed ads featuring Majors following uh, the news of his arrest. Uh, Majors is scheduled to appear in court on May 8th. And before we went to break, I was saying, Brandon, this case is becoming more and more uh, strange as the said girlfriend, and who knew he had a girlfriend? Right. Said girlfriend has now uh, recanted, this is according to new reports, recanted her accusations in two written statements. It also goes on to say that the video will show that 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 he'll be cleared. However, it appears as though uh, investigators, authorities are still pushing forward uh, with the charges. And now, you know, there's now just a, a the floodgates have opened. You know, yeah. people are now making uh, statements that aren't necessarily in in Jonathan's favor. He came out of Yale, a very high respected a drama school. Angela Bassett is is a graduate, but now they're saying on that theatrical scene that he was a part of, um, you know, he had some behavioral, you know, concerns and that uh, he wasn't really the nicest guy. So now you're getting, you're getting all of the, all of the dirt and, you know, whether it's, it's, it's real or not real, it's just the fact that it just doesn't help this climb because he was blowing up. Yeah. I mean, he had two back-to-back -back movies yeah. uh, with Ant-Man, uh, the, the third Ant-Man, and then he had Creed 3. Mm -hmm. uh, he was set to have a role in the next phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe as mm -hmm. the, the the next big villain mm -hmm. uh, did Lovecraft Country yeah. uh, devotion which you know one of our, our studio operators had, mm -hmm. you know, told us about um, and you hate to see that when you know something goes wrong or mm -hmm. if there's an incident mm -hmm. that all these other people come out of the the woodwork seemingly and, have something and, to say. and you question like well why wasn't this spoken of before his rise mm -hmm. or, you know, uh, you know, before he got to where he was. And that's what you question about. And then to know that the accuser has uh, taken back her statements mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and said that there's video, it, it, kind of already too late because as we the said, the army, yeah, the army has yeah. already pulled yeah. some of their ads and that's some money for him that's yeah. taken off his table. You know how we do. Yeah. Black Twitter, C-O-N-spiracy. Right. You know? Right. You know what we, what we claim when something like this goes down. We, if, if, in fact, he is innocent, I hope the best, and I hope he can come out of this. Yeah. PR, legal folks, you know, do their job to, to pull him on out of this so he can continue on uh, with his uh, climb. I, I feel like there is a way, considering, you know, he, how talented he is. Yeah. Uh, but you just, you hate to see these missteps, mm -hmm. but you hope that he... Uh, 
I hate to be cliche, but mm -hmm. setback is another, you know, window mm -hmm. for a comeback. Yeah, so. and if he comes out of this, stay single for a while, regroup, yeah. and just be single, sir. Yeah. Let's talk about another <laughs> rising star here. Uh, Quinta Brunson, star yeah. of Abbott Elementary. Uh, fantastic She's show. Awesome. Oh, so she will make history as the host of NBC's Saturday Night Live on April 1st with Lil Yachty. Uh, performing as the musical guest. Now, Brunson has recently won multiple awards, including Emmy, Golden Globe, SAG AFTRA Award, mm. or SAG Award, alongside her Abbott Elementary co stars. Now, Lil Yachty's recent album, Let's Start Here, peaked at number nine on the Billboard 200 chart and number one on the Billboard Rock album chart. Now, the episode will also mark the first since the SNL editors and post production staff and NBC reached a new tentative deal, staving off a potential strike. So I'm looking forward to this because I'm a big fan of Quinta yes. Brunson and all that she's done. I hope that the writers do right by her. Mm -hmm. I hope that she does have some input in some of the skits that she does. Uh, because I always feel like, and, and maybe this is just me, mm -hmm. when they do have black hosts on SNL, the Water shows, down. yeah, the shows aren't as good. I remember they had, um, there was a, another show, mm -hmm. um, another episode, and I can't remember the name, yeah, but yeah, yeah I, I saw it and I was really looking forward to it. Uh, and it didn't Issa hit. Rae. It was Issa oh, Rae. Oh, and it didn't hit for me. And you. it didn't hit for me. And I was like, she's a lot funnier than this. Yeah. She deserved a lot more. But you never know, things happen during but when the week. You, when you go back to Quinta's beginnings, you know, it was skits, it was, you mm -hmm. know, social media, it was, ooh, you must be, you know. Right. So I'm hoping that all comes comes up and comes right. out, uh, you know, during her appearance on SNL. It's, it's a great honor from what I gather. That's what all the, the folks say, being asked to, to host. But let me tell you, she is becoming a, a, a red carpet darling because right. she will come with it. I mean, just her glow up is just uh, amazing. And I'm so uh, happy for her. It appears as though she's doing it her way yes and you know with a hit show uh you know that's when you make them stand up and pay attention and and you run the room uh, yeah. and abbott elementary is doing fantastic we're catching up on episodes now uh on hulu but uh it is really really good it's like shaq told a basketball player right before the slam dunk contest they may not know your name but make them remember at the end of the day that's right yeah. and that young guy did yeah yeah, this, yeah, he that, did. That, yeah he did all right so let's move on here to a billionaire sheila johnson philanthropist sports franchise executive and co co-founder of BET. She is set to release a memoir in September, Walk Through Fire, will detail her journey as a black woman who became a pioneering billionaire, uh, including her troubled marriage to fellow BET founder Robert L. Johnson. She hopes that her experiences will help others who face similar obstacles in their life and career. Johnson, an ex-husband, uh, started BET back in 1980, and she has since had a partial ownership of three sports teams and is a global ambassador for CARE. Now, the book is described as a deeply personal portrait of Johnson's life. It would be a very good read here. Uh, I think so and too. You, it's always interesting uh, when you learn more about the people who help fi find BET mm -hmm. and create BET and, and mm -hmm. you know, bring it into our homes. Mm -hmm. uh, because uh, for the most part, you know, we, we know the Donnie Simpsons and you know, the Big Tiggers and the Free all and AJ. We all know the people who, who, were, who were on the TV, mm -hmm. but the people who are behind the scenes and mm -hmm. really brought that into our homes, yeah. They have an interesting story, too. So on the other side of this, yeah. former uh, CEO of BET, Deborah Lee, who uh, has been very clear and up and honest about her affair 
with uh, Robert Johnson. Mm -hmm. uh, her book just came out, so uh, the, the timing is very interesting, and we might have a a, a woman to woman. Uh, hey, Barbara, the, this right. is this is you know a moment. Um, just to hear the other side, you know, whether or not uh, Mrs. Uh, um, Johnson was aware of the extramarital affair or, or not. Uh, if she did, maybe she didn't know it was Deborah Lee. So I know people are going to be fishing in this book to see what she has to say as well. And I think the timing it's very interesting. I know one thing, Robert Johnson better speak up. He's looking like a Tyler Perry yeah, uh, villain right now. Both, both his former right. are having their set. Right. What say you, sir? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about something that uh, is right here in Detroit. Yeah, man. Motown legend Martha Reeves, she is reaching out to her fans to help her achieve her dream of getting a start on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Now, Reeves and her team need to raise $55,000 by June in mm. order to secure her spot for next year. Her former manager, who nominated her for the honor, was unable to cover the fees, leading to a fundraising campaign. Now, if the goal isn't met, her star selection may be withdrawn, mm. and the nomination process could take several more years to restart. Reeves' team is now seeking support from corporations and private donors to help her reach the deadline. I was today years old when, when I found out that people... <laughs> You you Brand you raise money to get your star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I just thought that it was given to you. Brandon, we had a morning meeting today, and I was devastated. I'm still devastated, right. as you can see. I did not know that you paid. Yeah. So when you see, by the time they get to the street and it's cleared all out, and there's a podium and families everywhere, and they kneeling and boohooing and kissing the star. Is that like a put on? Because somebody, somebody, you or somebody paid, you knew this was happening. And so I'm just so disturbed. I understand Mother Reeves is trying to, you know, get her star, but she just blew up the spot as to how this thing really works from those on the outside. We're just thinking, oh my God, Brandon, you were an incredible anchor at the, now you're in the yesteryear of your career. We just want to honor you and here there's a star. No, you didn't wrote a check. Well, let's take some of that money too. <laughs> to the uh, and, and, and it's it, crazy. Does it kind of water down for you? Or? It does, yeah. and that's unfortunate. I'm hoping uh, Martha Reeves gets it. I mean, she should have worldwide support. I mean, that Motown legacy is forever. Uh, maybe she might want to think about partnering with, if there's any uh, surviving members of the Vandellas, because that name yep. might uh, help her, you know, garner the, the support a little bit more so than, you know, a, a solo act. Um, but I'm hoping she gets it, because, you know, for a lot of those artists who've been honored, you know, the 55000 is a is a drop in the bucket, a lot of but money. at the same time, I, I can see why everybody's getting a star now. It mm -hmm. makes sense. Like you get a star, you get a star, because back in the day, it was like, oh, it was very selective. What? Yeah. I, you got fifty-five grand. Let's get it. Can we share? It I mean, be, I, can, can be Hicks, I can put a GoFundMe together. Right. Yeah. Hicks Hudson, and we can share half of the star. Right. We can make it happen. It's a reality yeah, let's now. Do it. Yeah. Mm. All right, still ahead. On Foxhole's Black Report, history has been made at one university. Yep, we'll tell you what the school has finally done for the first time in over 100 years. You are watching Foxhole's Black Report. We will be right back.
right, so Loyola University, New Orleans, uh, appoints its first black president in the school's 111-year history. Yeah, Dr. Cole will be the university's 18th president and will make history as the first black person to lead the institution. He will also be the second layperson to hold this role. Good for him. Loyola's mm -hmm. board of trustees uh, called Dr. Cole a, quote, uniquely experienced higher education administrator who has dedicated his career to the service of their students. He begins his tenure on June 1st. So he's got a couple months of just hanging out That's and then he's got to get to work. That's right. Moving on here, Clara Mama Bridges had a chance encounter with MLK when he was a teenager and her birthday wish came true when she got to meet his youngest child, Bernice King. So the Atlanta native's birthday wish came true when Bernice King joined the 102 year old for her celebration. Mama Bridges hmm. enjoyed her big day with a chili dog from the varsity. <laughs> and if you've been to Atlanta, you, you know, know all about up. the varsity <laughs> and a meet up with Kim. Yeah, Mama Bridges worked 33 years as a nurse, including her tenure as a pediatric nurse at Grady Hospital. That's where she encountered the young Dr. King before he was a doctor. She said this was absolutely a dream come true. She often asked herself, has she lived the life that God has given her? And her answer to herself is yes. And it was good to see my uh, soror, soon to be birthday girl, uh, Dr. Bernice King as well. You know, Looking when you to be 102 every day. That's right. Is a celebration. It every is, day is a blessing. That's right. It is amazing. Listen, I always enjoy having you here. Uh, it's it's like this for me. It's this black boy joy rotation <laughs> going on. Brandon, Josh, Lee, we're going to throw Randy up yeah. in there. Hey, we got to get them all. Yeah, and yeah, for yeah. Uh, Nicola Lacorte. All right, for the full rundown on today's stories and more, you can access Fox Soul's video on demand on any of our partners. And listen here, you can even access past shows and other black centered content. And don't forget, Soulmates, we've been telling you this download that Fox Soul app. It is absolutely free. Free 99. Yeah. Doesn't I, cost anything. I know you got to go catch up on some work. Yeah, we snatched it away from yeah, the regularly you know, scheduled I mean, program. It never stops, <laughs> it but I'm here. So yeah, well, we appreciate you immensely. It's always hey, good you. just kicking it with you. Hey, brother. It's a pleasure. Yeah, I'm Courtney Hicks. I'm Brandon Hudson. You're watching Fox Soul's Black Report. Thanks so much. Have a good one. Stay safe and we will see you soon.